0: Well, Shannon another week commences in the midst of uh, the summertime and uh, I guess there's plenty to discuss so we will uh, commence to doing that just the two of us on uh, this mm. program absent of any um, guests to interrupt your thought process most mostly
1: well I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until the last second and ask you two
0: questions so uh, the last second yeah. Oh, wait program? till the last day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you say, well, well
1: it's time to go. I said, no, no, I got one more question for yeah, you. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that.
0: That just happens to, on a daily basis. Just to make you feel like normal, you know? Well, I think you should you should take into account the fact that you spent all those years in a truck or uh, in a studio telling people on air, uh, get to break, shut up, no more. Uh, and then don't follow any of that advice when you're on here.
1: This is a podcast, Bob. There, the, the rules are there
0: are no rules. Well, stop thinking that way. There are rules, <laughs> no, or there soon will be rules. <laughs> well, there soon will be rules, but that's an announcement we will make at an appropriate time. Okay, or others yeah. will make the announcement.
1: Yeah. Well, so um, no, no, but it, the weekend is uh, the weekend was an interesting one. So, now, now, be honest with with me. Be honest. Did you I'm watch any thought. Olympics?
0: Maybe an hour total on the weekend. Yeah. That's you more know, than I, me. That's more than me. Well, I, you know, it's one of those you flip it on. Um, you know, traditionally I don't watch. I watch. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't watch hardly anything on on C- CBC um, at any time. It's just not in my pattern, viewing pattern. So. Um, I have not Peter there, Peter yeah. Peter's gonna be phoning, you know that. hey eh? your old buddy Peter Mansbergs is gonna be phoning? Well he you doesn't see. have any relationship with CBC much anymore. Sure, he does, but
1: he, but he sure he does but he, but he's hurt because well, he, he, he now he thinks you never watched him.
0: Well, no I, I when when he left, that was the end of CBC for me. Oh, I see okay. So um, I, I just confess that. So I have watched maybe five minutes on CBC. but you know your pattern is sports and TSN generally for guys like us. And both of them have Olympics on mm-hmm. at night. And so, you know, you flip on, and then you go to all the different Sportsnet channels and all the different TSN channels and find out who's doing what. One thing that I found interesting is more often than not, Sportsnet has one event on, on all channels. Yeah. And TSN tends to have two or three at least different events on. I don't understand that. Perhaps you do. Uh, the issue for me is I uh, like, uh, and
1: I'm one of those guys, you, you touched on it Friday a little bit. Um, like I always wonder if it's live or not, and is it real or not? And then when I start to wonder that, what I do is I go to my computer and then I realize it happened 12 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, and then I get the result and then I watch uh, Ted Lasso, you know?
0: <laughs> well, essentially we're dealing with, a, about a 12 hour time difference. Yeah. So yeah. morning is evening and evening is morning. And today is tomorrow generally are happening, um, overnight or early morning. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, that. But, is our,
1: but our our female swimmers did a fantastic job, which yeah, is so, nice to see, good. and that uh, that's what Scott Russell said would happen was Penny Alexiak. Uh, although he didn't, uh, he wasn't talking as much about uh, uh, Maggie McNeil as he he was Kylie Massey and uh, a couple of others. Uh, but uh, great to see the. It, it's a, and I, here's one for you, Bob. It's a fast pool. I mean how how we know that, but every if I if I hear it, it's a fast pool one more time. It's like Billy Hewitt in the old days used to say the ice at the gardens was always good, which as
0: compared to what? Yeah, um, exactly. But it's a fast pool. I mean when when they I don't, it, it, don't even know what that how that would like what would that mean? It, it is a it's a concrete tub filled with water.
1: Yeah, I know, but everybody said, oh, What's a fast pool? Yeah, and
0: it, uh is like, some like water they, is some water um, more dense, dense than others?
1: Yeah, I know that, that. That's what I want to know. Nobody can ever tell me that. But anyway, they're saying it's a fast bull. I mean, in, in one race, they had three consecutive Olympic records, uh, including Kylie Massey uh, in the hundred meter back. I mean, that uh, they actually broke the the Olympic record in three straight heats. So, well, I assume, fast, I cool assume it's,
0: well, I assume it's because the swimmers are faster, not because the water is faster. Oh, no, it's faster. But cool. then what do I know? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's built on the side of a hill, John, and, and, um, and they're swimming downhill. That's the only explanation I can come up with. All right, let's take a break. We're going to talk about Eichel. We're going to talk about uh, the, um, the, the curious Montreal draft pick, uh, a little bit on the Blue Jays, and uh, maybe some other stuff. We'll be back after these messages. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. It's McComin, It's uh, Shannon back with you. And um, I guess we start with the Jack Eichel story. A still young player who was very highly thought of. Uh, many thought he should have been the number one selection in the draft that year.
1: Well, uh, oh, there were people.
0: There were no, people. Con- no, I, not, no. That's there
1: Connor, was a, con- let, okay. Let's. There was a debate, and I think not very, not a big, not a big one. Bob, come on. It's Connor McDavid, and then Jack Eichel, and then people in Buffalo said, "I mean, if if, if, if Tim Murray." who had a chance to be the first round and lose, lost the lottery. If he had a chance, he would have taken Connor McDavid.
0: I'm not disputing that. And in hindsight, that's easy to say, but I have, you know, I recall conversations about, do you take McDavid or Eichel? And the consensus was always McDavid, but it might've been McDavid more because McDavid played in the Ontario Hockey League and got higher profile, higher visibility. And Eichel was much more of an unknown. Mm -hmm. Having said all that, um, he is a guy of whom Buffalo expected to build the next generation of their franchise. He was of that potential quality. And while he is unquestionably a value um, and a valuable player, in my mind, I don't know if he's a good player, a very good player, or a great player. I really don't know where he fits. And part of that, at least, is based on whatever the responsibility is of a player of that stature to elevate those around him. Mm -hmm. And maybe in hockey we overrate that. We certainly understand that in a a sport like basketball, for example, um, a great player can make those around him much better. LeBron James is the perfect example of that. In a sport like football, a great quarterback can take a mediocre offense and elevate it to the point where it is, you know, efficient.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, can you do that in hockey? Maybe we should start with that question. <laughs> is are, are we overvaluing the significant impact that one player can have on a team? Well,
1: um, I think if you go back and look at the the quote-unquote generational players, uh, and I'm going to remove Gretzky from it because there was mitigating circumstances with Gretzky because he played pro before. But Mario Lemieux took five years to become a playoff player. Five years in Pittsburgh before the team made the playoffs with Mario Lemieux there, and we look back now and say Lemieux is one of the greatest of all time. And it's five years. Um, you know, Eric Lindros, similar similar scenario that the franchise got rebuilt around Eric, but it took time. Um, And so those are the two, in my mind, those are the two comparables from that, that with that question that you have asked. Um, But I'll tell you what I, I, he, he, you know, Eichel's getting paid like a great player at $10 million a year. He's getting paid. He's getting paid as a great player. And I'm just not sure he's there. You know, I've seen him play live. I've seen him play enough to know that he can be very good. I mean, he has an unbelievable shot. He has great vision on the ice. Um, but he has baggage, Bob. And, and that becomes, if you're a manager in this league, the other 31 teams, you, I think you have to look at it and say, okay, well, it can for $10 million, I'm getting this guy. I, his potential is there. Um, But is his attitude there? Uh, How healthy is he? I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm a manager, I can get access to those, those health records uh, about what's going on with his, his neck uh, and the disc issue. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's worth any investigation. You know, now he wants out. I think the Sabres want out from the $10 million. They're obviously rebuilding again um and I'm, and I, I just i'm i'm shocked that that there's this much activity and much interest in jack eichel uh to move on but i'm not given very much up for him and they want four or five pieces um that can help the sabers now and in in the years to come uh in order to make the
0: trade well and ultimately we go through this all the time um this is what you want and you aim high the selling team does and then the question becomes: How much do you have to mitigate your desire, and mm-hmm. and is there a you know a commonality point? And then we get to analyze whether it was a good team for one, t- a good deal for one team or or the other, or a fair trade. But I mean, it brings me to this point: like it's so hard to evaluate multi-layered trades. A trade for one guy, and you get five pieces, which is what kind of what Buffalo wants. The easiest thing to do is to say. All right, who would you trade one for one for Jack Eichel? Who is his comparable player? It's not McDavid, no. Um, is it Austin Matthews? No, oh, no, Bob, no, no, no. I wouldn't
1: trade Matthews for Eichel, not not in a second. No,
0: well, neither would I. I
1: mean, there who, are but they,
0: who who's who is that guy? Who's well, the I mean, guy that one on one, we would sit here and say, well, it's fair trade for both teams.
1: Well, I mean, if you go through the list of who the best player on certain teams are, I mean, I'm not trading him for Artemi Panarin, uh, for, who plays for the Rangers. I'm not doing that. I'm not trading him for, um, you know, either I'm – not, I'm not trading him for Brad Marchand in Boston um, or, or even an, an older Patrice Bergeron. I'm, not, I'm just not doing it uh, for, a, for a multitude of reasons. All right, uh, uh, Kucherov. Oh, not a chance, Bob. No. Not a chance. N- not a chance. I mean, um, you know, Eichel for Stamkos, maybe. Eichel for Stamkos, maybe. But both are at a, you know, and because the money's comparable. Because um, that's one of the things you have to keep in mind when you trade one for one. You have to you figure yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah, money-wise. Um, but both have, both have, under, in the last few years, Stevens Stephen has slowed down a lot.
0: Well, has it has been encumbered by almost it, an endless string of injuries
1: yeah but 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 let's, let's face it eichel has been in you know encumbered with injuries now too and that's right. that's part of the issue you know i i look at a guy like jamie Ben and again the money jamie Benn in in, uh, in dallas or tyler sagan in dallas again another injury plagued guy um with comparable money uh, and you're going. Gosh, I don't know. I I I just think there's too many things. And and there'll be managers that say, Oh no no, Eichel's better, and Eichel can do this, and we're going to take a chance. The one thing Eichel has going for him is his age, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, he drafted in 2015. It's six years, so he's 24, 25 years old. Um, and is you know s- supposed to be getting right into his prime. But I'll tell you what, I just I just think between injuries between attitude and because i and it, his attitude has improved but his attitude was an issue at one point you know and it got in the way it got in the way of previous coaches guys like and previous managers like botterall and bilesman uh it, it it jack eichel to me is someone if i'm a manager in this league and i'm sitting around my scouting table and we talk about it, I'm saying, guys, why would we take the risk? Because it's a risk. And I'm not sure it's worth anything to take that risk as we're trying to rebuild a team and a roster. I'm not. I'm sorry. And Kevin Adams actually said on the weekend, I wouldn't be surprised at
0: Eichel's still on the Sabres in the fall. Uh, And and that might be, be the best thing. I won't be the least bit surprised. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I have seen general managers make moves that um, you shake your head at and they fall in love with a player and they, I believe in hockey specifically, but in other sports as well. And maybe we as fans do the same thing, but wrongly overemphasizing the potential impact of that high la- level player of what he can, that, that he can magically snap his mm-hmm. fingers and turn a franchise around yeah, I honestly, th- you know, the NBA is the closest place where I think one player can have great impact. But the only other place I can think of is quarterback on, a, on an NFL team where yeah. a great quarterback really can change the fortunes of a team, almost it, regardless of who's around him. Yeah, and, I, I mean, maybe, maybe we're looking at the, the greatest professional athlete of all time in Tom Brady. Sure. And, and, and relating to that. And that's not fair, but.
1: No, it's not. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look at, look, look at Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers took three years sitting with a clipboard before he got to that point.
0: Well, but uh, that was, circum- that was as, as much circumstantial. Sure. But I, I like, it's going to be interesting
1: when you, when you talk about that, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence came out of college football with as much hype as anybody, even though that in his senior, in his junior year, he was injured. Um, uh, or he may not may have been the software, but anyway, Trevor Lawrence won the Heisman one year and then didn't win it the next. Was injured, strange year that uh, for Clemson that uh, this past season. Going to Jacksonville, I mean, I, I'm not sure he's I'm not sure he's that going to be able to make that difference in his first year. Oh, well, and I don't
0: think he is. No, but, but we're but, not talking uh, about Jack Eichel no, in his first year. We're talking about Jack Eichel in what his seventh year.
1: Yeah, and but but it it almost it's almost just kind of become a domino effect. He got off to a a disappointing start, and he's never been able to, with flashes of brilliance, f- flashes of brilliance, Bob, um, which every team now is salivating over, if they're into it, uh, about this guy. If we take the risk, is he the guy that's going to be a difference maker? Because that's what everybody's trying to find, right? You, uh, to well, your point, they're trying to find a difference maker. And the, the question is, is it, are they going to take a risk? Are they going to take the gamble on Jack Eichel being a difference maker and mortgaging so much of their future? Well, and therein
0: lies the issue is, is can you have an, an issue maker in the sport of hockey, given that they, they only play one third of the time? Mm-hmm. And there are, um, there are many pieces required to fill the puzzle. And McDavid is the perfect example. No one questions that he is the best and the most talented player in the national hockey league and he has had to date no success for his team and he plays with a guy in drysdale who is not that far behind him in terms of ability and skill set mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's not mcdavid but we all know that but he's like he's got a he's got a wingmate as they say in the bar scene yeah you know and 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 that hasn't materialized but but this
1: but but this goes and your point's a good one because i mean the issues in edmonton are not about the stars they're about how do you how do you surround them and the the issues in buffalo is i mean since the peculas took over the team give give them credit they have not been shy to spend money no they haven't but but their management has made a bunch of blunders but the but the subjectivity of it of, well, this guy's going to be a good player. This guy's going to be a difference maker. Um, they've had bad judgment on on players, pure and simple, bad judgment on players. I mean, Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner makes $9 million a year. He had two goals last year. There's, yeah. And there's no way that he should have got this contract. There's no way he should have got this contract.
0: There's not. Well, Taylor, it, what does Taylor Hall make?
1: Well, Taylor Hall, when he signed in Buffalo, um, I think it, it was eight or nine million dollars. It was, and and he for the single year because he needed to prove himself, and and they needed to experiment. He didn't even last the season. Well, no. Um. Now he signed his, his his four-year deal in Boston for six million dollars. Uh, but the hope was that Eichel and Hall would be the the two pillars to get this team out of uh, out of Hawk and and they and they couldn't. They they couldn't. There there's. It's such a frustration as a, for Sabre fans because it, it's a it's a really good hockey market. The fans are passionate. they love their team uh, and they, they keep banging their head against the wall because one reason or another uh, the quality of players that they this team puts on the ice has not been able to match and that's you know I mean I mean Kevin Adams actually, did a good job this weekend in my mind in trying to start the rebuild by, by trading Rasmus Ristolainen to Philadelphia, getting a first round pick tr- trading uh, Sam Reinhardt uh, to Florida, uh, getting a future first round pick. Uh, but I'll, I'll, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, if, if I'm a, you know, a season seat holder in Buffalo and they're asking me for my money for another year, Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm starting to say, hey, listen, you got you to gotta show me something to make me want to go back to that arena and, and me give you all that money.
0: It really does. Um, we'll see what happens with Eichel. Um, the Montreal Canadiens uh, raised a significant amount of controversy. Oof, you think? Um, in the drafting of Logan, and I'm not sure. Is it Mayu? I yeah, think I think I think you're right. Yeah. Is how you pronounce it. And I, I can't imagine there's a single person uh, watching or listening to this that doesn't know the whole story. But Mayu is playing in Switzerland, Sweden, Sweden. And um, no, now he's he was supposed. I mean, he
1: was he's supposed to play for the London Knights, but because yeah. the OHL didn't play, he went to Sweden to
0: play. So, um, in a moment of a, a grotesque um, stupidity and insensitivity. He videotapes himself and a woman in a sex act Mm -hmm. and shows this video to at least his teammates or some of his teammates. Without asking her permission. Which of course she would never have given. Right. Um, he is caught doing this. He is charged. He pays a fine. I think it was like $1,600 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has tarnished his reputation. He asks not to be not to be drafted. Right. Which
1: I mean, he, he, i tell you what visibly and publicly he, since this has been made. So
0: he said all the right things,
1: he he's done the right things, but you know, but he asked not to be drafted. He He asked not to be drafted.
0: Yeah saying, I have to prove my character, reprove my character. I made a mistake, blah, 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 blah. Right. And there's issues like, did he actually apologize to the woman? Um, there's Maybe yes, maybe no. But or, let's well enou- up- or well enough, right. Or well enough. Well, let, let's put all that aside. At the end of the day, I think he was 17 at the time this happened. He's now an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know 18-year-olds who like to think they're smart are completely and utterly wet behind the ears. And you can take that both ways. But Montreal goes ahead and drafts him in the first round.
1: 31st, I'll be at late yeah. in
0: the first round. 31st, yeah. Um, how big a mistake is that? Or is it a mistake at all? Because in fairness, you can look at this in two ways. You can look at it as a complete blunder and complete insensitivity. Or you can say, well, the Montreal Canadiens, I assume, talked to this kid and believe him and believe his story and looked at it and said, okay, it's a 17 year old who did a really dumb thing, a really dumb thing. But we think enough of his talent that, um, and we believe that we can assist him in figuring out his, his future existence in your mind. Was this a blunder? Or was this a general a, a a demonstration of generosity on the part of the Montreal Canadiens? Generosity? Oh, no well, chance. No chance. Well, I mean they they have preached that they are there to help the kid.
1: Oh yeah. Well, for, first of all, uh, you know, within two minutes of drafting him, they come up with a press release saying that they are going to help the the guy. Yeah. Um, so obviously this was premeditated. It wasn't as if, well, he's available. We better take him. I, I think on, on so many levels, Bob, this is absolutely. Um, it's abhorrent what both he did and what Montreal did. You know, we, we see this every once in a while, this, um, invul- this invulnerability that, hockey players think they have athletes think they have that they're above the law. They can do anything. They, they don't have to, they just, they're macho guys and, 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 and they can get away with it. Um, He's obviously trying to backtrack and apologize over that. Uh, At the same time, I would, I would tell you, I think Montreal almost did the same thing by saying, we're the Montreal Canadians. We're going to fix this. Um, even after the player said, I don't want to be drafted. Uh, and the Montreal and Mark Bergevin said that w- we're going to take them and we're going to work with them and we're going to make it better r- rather than respecting the social issues that they were creating by doing it. Uh, it, it it's one of those ones where you, you, in the draft room, and because, you know, they press release two minutes after, you know, it was premeditated, you, you have to wonder, what kind of discussion went on behind the scenes between Jeff Wilson, Mark Bergevin, the, the, the senior VP of communications, the HR, the president of the VP of HR saying, what are we getting ourselves into here? Uh, I I don't think Montreal, this is not a case of win or lose, but I think Montreal tarnished its image um, as uh, a a team that uh, has is on the rise. Uh, by taking a player that A, didn't want to be drafted, uh, and B, is damaged goods. I think they made a terrible mistake. And I I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to pay for it with their jobs. But I'll tell you what, they did not make very many friends uh, you know, on so many levels, not just in Montreal or the province of Quebec, but in the hockey world completely.
0: Well, you know, here's, here's a point of view that I can't validate today. But I'm going to suggest that if this young man, and, and I'll be honest, I never heard this whole story about him until he was drafted.
1: Uh, Katie, I would at say the Atlanta did a really good job, but that Frank Saravelli did a good job. This well, it was it, it, within the hockey community; it was a well-known story for ten days prior to the draft.
0: If Montreal had honored this kid's request, and the other teams in the NHL had done the same right through the draft, and there's no guarantee they would have, but mm-hmm. the kid goes to London, is a good kid, plays well, and goes back into the draft as a 19-year-old, um, what kind of reaction would there have been? Would we still – would there be this much emphasis on what this young man did in, uh, in Sweden?
1: I'll well, tell you, uh, next year's draft, there still would have been a reaction. Next year's draft – as a 19-year-old, when his name came up, uh, it, people would have talked about it. But he would have had a year to try to make amends. He would have. He would. He would. He would, he would have had a year to try to try to. This was just a silly mistake.
0: Well, uh, the repercussions of this will last uh, some considerable uh, period of time, and um, it will be discussed. Um, over and over again and maybe more importantly um, this young player will be encumbered by this history for the rest of his life and, yeah, and certainly absolutely. the rest of his, his hockey career.
1: Well, here, here's, here's the other question uh, Bob, I mean we, we assume that he's going to play in London we assume he's going to play in the OHL uh, but we haven't seen anything from either the team or the league to suggest that that there's going to be repercussions at that level. I mean, we, we, we've, we've kind of castigated and said, Montreal, shame on you, but where's London in all this? Where's the OHL in all this? Where's the CHL in all of this as they try to, you know, uh, again, another blemish uh, in, in, in a, uh, in a sport that's trying to, you know, create more, have more diversity, have more openness, um that to me is that that's the next step in this discussion is what what are the knights going to do what are the hunters going to do uh and what's uh, what's dave branch and the ohl going to do uh
0: let's take another break and uh, we'll come back and um chat some more back after these messages (laughs) mccallum and shannon with you uh for this monday The Toronto Blue Jays lose two or three to the New York Mets. Um, They have now lost, I think, four out of five. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a four-game series in Boston this week. They are, I think, nine and a half back uh, out of first place, which is only, in terms of relevance, doesn't mean that much. I mean, this is a team that wants to get in the playoffs. I think they're four games back of Atlanta for a wild card. Something, not Atlanta, uh, Oakland, for a wild card. Um. But we are now starting to, as we get close to the trade deadline, we're at least the first one, we're now, I think, in a position where a whole bunch of questions are going to be raised. Are we absolutely certain this is a team that should be adding? Um, is this a team that should stand pat? Or let's also discuss, should the Blue Jays, and, and fans are going to say that's this is impossible, But there are two significant players who have played very well for this team of with whom nobody has any issue in Simeon and Ray, Mm -hmm. who will be free agents at the end of this season. The Toronto Blue Jays have to make a decision as to whether to pursue these players, resign them. And if they're not going to, are you going to hang on to them for the balance of the season when you don't know if you're going to make the playoffs? I mean, this complicates matters tremendously thoughts on that
1: well well let me ask you this um do you think that ray and simeon if you can sign them okay if you can sign them are they part of the are they part of your future do, do, you, do you do you want do you think they're cornerstone guys are they somebody i mean you we, we already got the kids you know you know we got bigio guerrero um are, are, are they in that group of foundation guys, even if you sign them?
0: The answer for me is yes, and without hesitation. And, okay. and I'll tell you why. Uh, Semyon is an extraordinary player um, and a little older than his the majority of the key players that are also on that team, specifically Guerrero and, and Bichette, but others as well. Um, has transitioned beautifully, perfectly to second base. But if Bichette ever went down, you have a, a potential all-star shortstop sitting right there. Yep. Um, Ray is one of those lightning in a bottle guys who showed tons of potential elsewhere and in previous years, but couldn't throw strikes. And those guys, guys like that who f- who flash and then fade, there's millions of them. Ray has done what most of these guys can't do, and he's learned to pitch and pitch effectively. He is a hard-throwing left-hander, and you cannot um, or should not undervalue the significance of that. Plus, he's really good. Yeah. Now, he's not a front-of-the-rotation guy, but he's a number two or a number three without question, and those guys are, do not grow on trees. And the fact that they've got him, I think he's paid, getting paid ten million bucks this year. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really good price. You probably you won't be able to get him for that in a longer term deal, but because other teams will be salivating over the prospect of him. But I'm locking these two guys up. I agree. I, I agree.
1: I I, I and because I I, I, I mean you and I have touched on this before. I'm not concerned about this season as much. I'm not. I I am, I am I am I am concerned about next year and the year after and the year after when these guys get to a mature level of becoming veteran players. And I'm not talking Simeon and Ray, I'm talking about the other 3 and whoever else uh, is on this team. I mean George Springer is committed for a long time in Toronto. Yes he is. And 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 so this is not a this this is not a we're going to if we don't make the playoffs this year we're blowing things up. We're not blowing things up. We're taking this methodically. We're building slowly. We are going to be good for a long period of time, and I think those two guys, Simeon and Ray, are part of that. So therefore, no the, the the problem becomes Bob. If Simeon walks in and says, "I want thirty million dollars," I mean, with with his numbers, what number? was he at right now? I think he's at eighteen? I think he's at eighteen million. Um, what do you What do you get? What do you How, how much? What, you want him? You want Ray? You said Ray's at 10. What, what, what number do you go to, Bob? Well, the, the, again,
0: that's sort of a trick question because we are not in the business of determining what players can, can receive. Mm-hmm. That is Roger's prerogative um, under the counsel and advice of their general manager and president, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I understand there's, we understand there's a budget. Um, I don't know whether Simeon's a $30 million ball player. Um, but I'm not immediately saying he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, is he an $18 million ball player? I Yeah, I think he probably is. Will somebody pay him $30 million? I doubt it. Because he does not play a position where that generally is the amount of money that you pay that guy. And and even though he hits home runs, he isn't a home run hitter. He, that's not what he's noted for. He's got a bunch. He's got yeah. well over twenty. Yeah, uh, he'll be a thirty home run guy. Second baseman who hits thirty home runs—they're pretty rare—and
1: mm-hmm.
0: plays sound defense and hits for two ninety. Yeah, those guys do not come along every day.
1: Okay, so now you're so maybe to sell- he is a
0: thirty million dollar guy. I don't
1: right. know. Right, and that and, and that that's the real. I mean, that's the frustration, I guess, that Ross and Mark are having right now is, is that, hey, listen, as good as he is, and we want to be part of the future, can we afford him? Can we afford him? And well, that, that, I guess we're going to have to wait till well, we got another couple of days to figure that out, whether.
0: Well, here's the other part of this equation. And I know that there are people going to say this because they already have. And that is the Blue Jays system continues to produce prospects. And there are middle infielders in that system that that they like and who might be good. The problem becomes there comes a time where you have to fill the holes on your team with veteran players, players of some level of experience in order to provide a level of greater consistency and to some extent guide the youngers through the process. I don't know whether to believe in that or not, but that's that's the consensus. Um, I, I have a heart. If, if they have a young second baseman who's, who's cracking the whip and ready to take Simeon's spot, I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. There may be a guy that's two years away or three years away. I'll give you that. But there's nobody cracking the whip. So you're going to need somebody to play second base.
1: And, it, and it's not as if he's really old either. No. Was he 28? Yeah. 29?
0: Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And showing no, he hasn't had any health concerns at all. No,
1: the, the only, the only thing I would say is, and this is, you know, after that first good year he had in Oakland, then he, the next year he wasn't very good. So he's come back and play, had a great year in Toronto. Can he maintain a level of consistency? Can he do it for more than one year? Is the real challenge, particularly, well, and you know, this is the Jays took a risk on Simeon for a year, and Simeon took a risk on the Jays for a year. And it seems to have worked for both sides, and hopefully they can come to some mutual understanding what well, the next who, four years.
0: But let's be honest this is a guy who had, was top five MVP voting. I think he was third. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's proven himself, and now he's had an- another good year back to back. Yeah. Forget everything else. Okay. The guy's done it more than once. Well, I'm signing him, so I am too. Yeah, I'm with you. That that was that's my whole point. Having said that, there are there still are needs. The bullpen is a complete and utter disaster, (laughs) and your bullpen. There was a time where if you had five good starters, you could, and and you had a closer. Who cares about the rest of the bullpen? You could muddle your way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, you, you, you'd let the, you let the starters pitch what longer. You'd try and get to the eighth or ninth inning rather than to the fifth inning. I mean, yesterday they took their starting pitcher out after 79 pitches and in five innings. I'm sorry. I, with a bullpen that is Swiss cheese. I was going to say, and with a lead. <laughs> With a lead, 3-1, yeah. I think, at the time. It was. And a bullpen that is nothing but Swiss cheese. Yeah. Who's your your closer isn't reliable? Your closer isn't a premium closer. They've had premium closers in the past, lots of them. You don't have one right now. Yeah. You have an if. They keep marching Dolis out there, and Dolis, is is he's like throwing gasoline on a fire. He might be good, but you don't know. Yeah, he I, might be their number two bullpen guy right now. They they pitch him like he's their number two bullpen guy. Mm-hmm. So you know how bad that bullpen is, and that's where you need help. And you also still need another starting pitcher because there's nobody on the horizon that um, you might bring up.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you this one. How much pressure how, – how much does it change uh, – when they come home, you know, they're going to play on Friday at the dome.
0: How, Almost how much... nothing. That is so overrated. Okay. Home field advantage is, is tradition is, is 54%.
1: No, I, I'm not talking <laughs> about the, actual. I, I'm talking about the, the, the outside pressures to be, you know, the, there'll be more attention in theory, although the TV ratings have been very good for them this year. Um, but how, how much is there, will there be more pressure? even corporately for this group of guys to do
0: something drastic. No, for I don't this think year. so because they're only going to have fifteen thousand yeah. you know warm bodies in the building, not forty thousand. Yeah. So economically the impact is going to be negligible. They were drawing that many or more in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah now know, maybe like- not at the same ticket price, but from an economic perspective, yes, there will be fewer costs. I'm sure that the organization has incurred significant cost in housing everybody in Buffalo and a bunch of other things. Yeah. So a lot of this will, will be a little bit, but we're talking pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So, and as the team, do you expect the team to play better in this building?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think they're going to be, I mean, I think some of them are going to be shocked to be back on the turf as opposed to the natural grass in Buffalo.
0: Well, there's that, isn't there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they've been playing on grass fields. Yeah. So, um, and granted this turf is not like the old days, it's not concrete anymore, but well, in any event, um,
1: I'm going to look forward see. to see
0: you in the I'm going to look forward to see you in those Gucci seats down there right behind home plate. I'm going to well, see you. There. you never know, but, um, I have sat there maybe once or twice in my life. I have yeah. just stay I, off I, your I, phone. Will you, if you're behind this, just I stay off not, your phone. Hey, I go to a baseball game. I don't, I'm, I'm not interested in anybody that's not in the ballpark. <laughs> Uh, if I went, I'd be far more comfortable up in the uh, press box or in Beaston's private box. But I don't think I'm, uh, I don't know whether a podcast allows you to have access to any of that stuff anymore. So if Beaston says he do, it you do, it, then you do. Ooh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe we call Shapiro, who we should be talking to soon anyway. Yes, sure we are. We're going <laughs> to talk to somebody soon. Hopefully the producer can get on that. Uh, he's, he's lax these days, just lax. You mean kidding, pal? Um, That'll do it for today. Um, yeah. A guest of some sort tomorrow.
1: No, I, we're going to talk basketball. We're going to tell all these rumors about Siakam. We're going to talk basketball.
0: All right. Would you like to tell people who's coming on?
1: No, I'm going to surprise them.
0: All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I would say same time, same station, but I'm pretty sure it's the same station. Uh, I'm not sure what the time will be. but it's, the, the,
1: time, the great thing about podcasts is the time is when the listener wants to listen. That's the time.
0: Well, oh, good for them. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Bye,